everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. Thank you once again for joining me for another adventure into consciousness, as I like to say. This is such a wonderful opportunity for all of us, me included, to have these inspiring conversations because the whole purpose, and I would say the reason that the show came into being, is to provide uh, a vehicle, a platform, an opportunity to really uh, expand our consciousness, to really connect to that spiritual dimension of who we are, to tap into the infinite potentials that we have that allow us to remember that we can create anything we want in our life. We have the power within us to overcome whatever challenges we may find ourselves presented with, and use those challenges as a springboard to tap into the greater potential of our truth, of who we really are. And more than ever before, this is the time when it is absolutely vital and essential for us to wake up and to wake up to the true essence, the true power, the true connection to that infinite potential that we have. And that's why these conversations are ever more important every week because we all need to be reminded that true essence of who we are, we need to be inspired to take whatever steps, whatever actions are necessary to keep us in an awakening state so we connect more and more to who we are, move out of the dramas of our life and more into joy, gratitude, peace, and more. So that's is what inspires me to have these conversations, and I'm so glad you are listening, and I hope you'll be joining me every weekend and sharing this great information with others. And and by the way, if you'd like to get the archive shows to the Love Code and to the other program I do on Progressive Radio Network, you can um, always uh, go to my website, which is Dr. Cheryl Selman. That's com. You can go to Podbean and look up the love code. You can go to Progressive Radio Network, PRN.live. Look up the archives there from Spotify. You can go to my Facebook, which is actually What Women Must Know, is where I post all my shows. Many places uh, to keep connected. And today we're having another wonderful conversation. We're going to be exploring how to develop the body's innate intelligence for individual and planetary transformation. And my guest is Dr. Cheryl Pallant. A little bit about Cheryl. She is an award-winning writer, poet, Reiki and healing touch practitioner, somatic coach, dancer, meditator, and teacher. She has published more than 200 articles on dance, writing, healing, semantics, and spirituality, and is the author of several books, including Writing and the Body, Emotion, and Contact Contact Improvisation. Improvisation. She teaches at the University of Richmond and leads workshops in the United States and internationally. The inner world of self and body is inextricably linked to the outer world of biosphere and biome. As experienced somatic and energy medicine practitioner, Cheryl reveals that by expanding our sensory perceptions and becoming intimately in touch with the rhythms of the body, we can contribute not only to our own healing 
and transformation, but also that of the planet. And she is also uh, the author of her new and most recently released book called Ecosomatics, Embodiment Practices for a World in Search of Healing. So we have a wonderful conversation in store for you, and it's my pleasure to welcome Dr. Cheryl Pallant to the show today. And Cheryl, thank you so much for being on The Love Code. It's great having you here. Yeah, thank you for inviting me and having me on your show. Well, you certainly are a woman who has a lot of experiences behind her. Wow, you know, you delve into so many areas of uh, fascination and expansion and creativity, haven't you, in your life? I have. I have a lot of interests, and I seem to want to pursue them all. And, uh, you know, when people ask me, well, what is it that I do? And I say, well, what day of the week are you referring to and what time of day? <laughs> uh, well, I think but sometimes it's challenging. Yeah. <laughs> well, it can be. It can be maybe a little schizophrenic at times. Who am I today? <laughs> Who am I today? Who am I this moment? And am I wearing the right clothing for what I'm supposed to be doing? <laughs> so... Because when you're, you know, I teach a lot dance classes and it's different from when I'm teaching a poetry class, for instance. So, in, the, yeah. in my behavior, like I'm rolling on the floor in the dance class, but I should not do that in the poetry class. <laughs> so, I have to always remember where am I and what is my purpose this moment. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's, that's really essential for you in the present moment, so you don't <laughs> go rolling pretty, around. Pretty important, pretty important, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you have such an interesting life, Cheryl, and I always like to ask my guests, because to me one of the most fascinating things about these conversations is the journey that everyone takes in their life to arrive at the place where they are now doing their work and fulfilling a greater purpose and destiny in their life. And that's what I'd like to ask you to share a bit about your personal journey and what were some of those you know, pivotal, perhaps, aha moments when suddenly everything changed in your life and you found a greater sense of real calling and purpose. Yeah, what a great question. Um, you know, I don't think there was a moment when, like, I it, it shifted. I, I've got to say that I've been pretty much on my own journey ever since I can remember thinking about things. And, um, I mean, I was a, I guess you call me a precocious child, and I was very interested in reading and very interested in, playing in the 4,000 acres of woods behind my house. And my imagination was very active. And even though in school, um, you know, I was told to X, Y, and Z, and I was doing L and M and Q. And, and that's what really got me interested. So I, I kind of continued to do my own path. And so that involved from an early age, I want to say even fourth grade, when I was pursuing writing, and it was like keeping my imagination alive, or going outside and just being um, really connected to nature. And and then, of course, there were 
you know, different, I say, twists in the road. Um, so certainly going into high school or going into college, um, being introduced to dance, being introduced to healing work. I mean, those really took me into deeper places. Um, but so did, I mean, I got involved in shamanism at one point, And I've been a meditator ever since I was 16 years old. So I've, I've been kind of doing my own thing for a long time. In fact, one of my um, Sangha members at my meditation group, he's given me a nickname as Rebel, and I've kind of uh, accepted that because I do seem to kind of play my own sort of music or just do things my way. But it's not out of being uh, going against things. It's really about just being authentic to who I am and tapping into the richness of life, which sounds like is very much like who you are as well, Cheryl. I'd say that would be how I would respond to that. Yeah, you know, as you're talking, it's um, it's really honoring those children and who who can be honored. Yeah, you know, for certain schools are like the, you know, the Montessori schools and some of these other schools that are really honoring the spirit of each child rather than making them fit into a mold that uh, guides them or directs them how they must learn and when they must learn, what they must learn. But these schools um, are all designed to allow the, the spirit of the child to unfold and their unique expression to be revealed into the world. Right, that rather than trying right. to mold them into being a certain cog in the wheel, um, exactly. which unfortunately yes. our, our our educational system doesn't really honor that. I would say, you know, we we kids like you could often be considered the daydreamers, you know, the ones that don't pay attention, the ones that you know often get singled out, you know, you just like don't belong in that kind of traditional teaching. But, you know, you are the real, I would say you and that, the real creatives of the world are bringing something else through. <laughs> they don't operate with the logical, rational development of the intellect and the training and the restraints that happens within a traditional public school system. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the public school system is very much into the lowest common denominator, typically. And and then here's the categories, and we only have X amount of money, so we're only going to have three categories. And I didn't fit into any of those categories. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I I, I kind of had to do my own thing, and I think you were right. I, thought, I mean, I was often ignored, um, and I was a good – I was a good child, so I was quiet, but at a certain point I'm like, you know, I need to be feeding myself. And that's partly why I got into meditation at an early age. I mean, at age like 14, 15, I'm reading um, Carl Jung, and I'm reading Freud, and I'm reading transactional analysis. I mean, because I was exploring, like, like what else is possible? I don't think what my school system um, is providing me is feeding me. So what's going on with me? And why do I think the way I do, and why do I feel the way I do? So that got going pretty early. Um, dance was really pivotal. 
the getting in touch with the body and bringing the richness of sensation and the richness of imagination and having that be primary was, I'd say, pretty groundbreaking. And it continues to be because our culture, for the most part, doesn't want us being in touch with the body. They still want us kind of fitting into those narrow slots. And once, you know, you start getting in touch with the sensations or the imagination or the, you know, or your spirit, then you start realizing that you do have to follow your path or you need to find out what your path is, but you need to live from your own integrity and live from the groundedness of your being and and let it take you into all sorts of places. So so what does that mean, being in touch with the body? You know, you do a lot with somatics, and this book that you have just released, and by the way, congratulations on the birthing of this new book. But when you talk about uh, embodiment practices for world in search of healing, let's explore what that means. Yeah, so for one, I, I always make this bold statement that most people are rather disembodied. And, you know, there's this lovely James Joyce quote, Mr. Duffy lived a short distance from his body. And and most of us do. We're, we are not in touch with what's going on in our body, which means that, um, you know, we end up getting sick. And we get sick. I mean, that's one of the few times. I mean, yes, we know when we're tired and we go to sleep and we know the body tells us when we're hungry and we get food. But what about all the other rich phenomena that takes place that's giving us all sorts of information that's saying, go down this street, not that street, or I know you you just ordered this food, but, you know, you get this little intuition or a little twinge that says, don't eat it. And, you know, what I found out is when I get those little twinges and I've tested these things, it typically means because I will get a bad stomachache or worse afterwards. It's not agreeable to me. So the body is really much more intelligent than we give it credit for. And it's picking up on all the cues of of, of the environment, of where we are at any given moment. And so there's this whole interaction back and forth between body and body in situation. And that information that comes up in the body, and it may come up as images, it may come up as senses, um, I mean, as visuals, um, visuals or um, something kinetic, I mean, or maybe something auditory. All that information is telling us go this direction, go that direction, or this is what's going on in this moment right now. And it really helps to keep us quite quite enlivened and quite in touch with our health. And, you know, one of the premises I mentioned in this book and part of the reason that I wrote it, it was because I see so much of people in places of unhealth along with the planet and we are not treating the planet very well and then the planet I mean we're poisoning the planet and then the poison of the planet is poisoning us 
I mean, it's a mutual relationship. So this book was one of those, um, I actually got a strong intuitive hit that said, you've got to write this book. This is going to be one of your climate crisis actions. So a way for us to get more in touch with what is going on within our flesh and not just flesh, but the whole energy body, spiritual body, and what is going on with the earth as well. And too many of us are not too aware of what's going on with the earth. And I don't mean like, oh, I read the newspaper and I find out. I, I mean going for a walk or sitting under a tree and really hearing, feeling, seeing all the life that is around and sensing the the motion of life and feeling that we are part of it. We are not a part, separate. We are part of it and it's a mutual relationship. So I find that that sensory information and, and increasing that is a really important part of awakening us to who we are and growing and becoming the best the best that we can be. You know, the um some of the interesting work that I've been exploring and I've had some um guests on the show too talking about this. It's like the um um the, the body is the manifestation of the unconscious mind that we have. So all mm-hmm. that we have experienced, all the wounds, all the hurts, all the happiness, all the, you know, the the the, the, the pleasurable times, the times of trauma, the times where we have shut down, the times where we've been hurt, all those all those experiences, which many of them are no longer conscious within us, but they're all housed within the body. And the body, so the body is its repository of all the memories that consciously and mostly unconsciously we have, particularly those that are unresolved. And this is probably um, connects to the somatic work you've done and to the healing touch you've done because when you tune into the body and you listen as a practitioner or even with someone who's just becoming more aware and you listen, you place your hands on the body and you connect to the energy field, you're also receiving information. Right, you're receiving information that is important information for bringing the body and bringing that being into greater harmony and balance, especially if they're out of balance. Yeah, exactly that. That the body is the repository of every event that we have experienced, and obviously we can't remember every single second of our lives. So. You know, what we are conscious of is pretty limited. I mean, right now I'm conscious of, um, you know, the sun is starting to go down, so the light in this room is changing some, or I'm conscious of uh, the chair that I'm sitting on. But what about, um, am I conscious of what my grandmother, who has been dead now for, oh, three decades, something like that, um, am I conscious of words that she said or um, her scent 
or all these things that when I was in the room with her, you know, I would pick up on. So all, all of that whole repository of those experiences shape literally shape who we are and both from what I've discovered is through movement through any of us moving um, those can be any any bit of those both conscious and unconscious experiences can get triggered can show up um, certainly having somebody touch us um, can bring that also to the surface and you know some of the healing that I do is also Without touch, I do distant healing, so I'm tapping into the field, and mm -hmm. that too contains the history of who we are. And it's not only me myself, and you know, limited to my specific history, but each of us are also connected to the culture that we're in. So you know, what's happening sociologically or politically around me, even if I'm not conscious of it or paying attention to it, it still is impacting me. So all of that is kind of swirling about or um, settled into the body. And what happens through movement or touch or, or even meditation is that you become aware that all these, if you want to call it, narratives or impressions are moving about, some fast, some slow, some may not even be moving too much. And what do we do with that? How do we want to use it or how might it use us? And certainly things like trauma so trauma means that we would rather not look at whatever those experiences were. And to a degree, we have probably uh, disembodied or forgotten a lot of those incidents. And yet they're in our body and they still influence our behavior in ways that we're not sure how you know, A connects to B connects to C. It just, we just, it just starts happening or we get triggered. And I don't mean, I mean, triggered maybe in the um, traumatic way, but also just having something show up in our awareness. So all of these factors are playing onto the, the screen of our awareness, which is why for me, meditation is really a wonderful practice of finding a place of stillness, finding a place of settlement so you can kind of watch the, the interior show as well as the exterior show, as well as doing whatever practices any of us can do to kind of keep the flow of life moving so that when the good things happen and the bad things happen, it just kind of keeps on moving through us and we don't get to a place of uh, static, whether it's static spirit, static body, but just feeling that we are in the vital flow of life. 
Well, this is such a big journey because <laughs> it is such a <laughs> capital yeah. letters. But, but um, you know, I, I think what's really interesting, and, and maybe we can delve into it a bit more, because it's an area that really particularly has my attention, and that's the understanding that when you're dealing with any uh, physical impairment, let's just say, physical problem in the body, you know, blockages, we, we call it diseases, you know, we give it names, but it's really right. the, a frequency of chaos on a cellular level, right? The, the cells cannot, you know, heal, cannot regenerate, cannot die on time. It's chaos. It's, you know, all illness is a state of, of chaos happening on a cellular level. So the um, the big part of healing, and, you know, I've, I've just recently been doing some uh, workshops with Joe Dispenza, and that his work so poignantly talks about um, it, mind, uh, uh, healing matter to matter, healing from matter to matter, you know, healing just with diet, healing just with vitamin supplements, healing matter to matter is the slow, long, hard, maybe not even possible slog, because what we really want to do and what really will facilitate the greatest amount of healing and transformation is when we can change the energy field that's creating the distortion that's manifesting as a disease in our body, right? So that's a shift of consciousness. And it's also releasing the energies that we have stored within us that we may not even be conscious of that are so much at cause of the disturbance of the energy field that's manifesting this physical imbalance. So that's how I look at so much of people struggling with their health these days. You can't just get, you can't get your health from just taking supplements and diet and maybe changing a few lifestyle things. We have to also include, not that that's not a piece of it, but we have to understand that the body is trying to give us a message. And we need to understand the message of why this, 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 you know, this imbalance, this disease is occurring. And it starts with that information, right? That information field that we hold in that unconscious part of us that, that, that hasn't ever been resolved. But do, do, do you want to share a bit more about that? Maybe you have some experiences that illustrate that. Yeah, lots of experiences. Um, you know, so one of the workshops I teach is writing from the body, and I guide people into whether it's movement or body awareness and, and see what little image or sensation shows up. And then I, I kind of guide them to take it further and unfold it and get to know it better. So, yeah, we're... In all this accumulation of all these, you know, energies, um, I mean, one of the things that I have a lot of my clients do, like I, you know, I'll, I'll work on them on my massage table doing my healing work, but I also like to give them homework. <laughs> and, and one of the homeworks I give them is, um, I call it a energy shower. And, you know, you can just stand wherever you are. Um, and you, you can do this through movement or not through movement. But in the same way that you would take a shower and maybe scrub or let the water kind of uh, flow along your body and take off, say, the mud, you're doing, I, I have people do the same thing 
on an energetic level and that um, all the little oh, exchanges and whether they're verbal or not that you've gone through or experienced through the day accumulate in the field and that what we're wanting to do to maintain optimal health is going to keep that field clear, clean, but just kind of like brushing through, brushing around your body and even have a sense that you're kind of, you want to call it clearing the air or showering, whatever it is. But that's going to literally clear the field around you. And a lot of times illness is in the field first and then it enters the body. But if you can keep the field clear, then if some sort if something gets in the body you have more resilience to deal with it. Or if there's viability in your body, you know, it comes in and it doesn't stick around. I mean just think of all the the germs and viruses that we encounter every day and most of them do not get us sick because we have enough immunity to kind of have that have those move along like we take it in and then we let it go so can we create that kind of resilience within our own being so let's see so you want some stories let me think of um oh you know i'm just thinking about times that i just sometimes i'll just rest my hand on um somebody's well i'll say belly uh, I'm thinking of this one woman in particular, and my hand is just drawn to just stay there, and I, I start feeling all sorts of energy with my hand, and then I start getting little flashes of images, and and then the, the temperature of my body changes, and I can feel that, okay, something's going on here. And then sometimes I even get the story of what's going on there. Sometimes, you know, like not all my clients tell me, the full story of why they've come to me, but you know the field or the body tells truths that sometimes our words don't, or we, maybe we just don't get around to it. And and so so for instance, I've learned to feel what sexual assault feels like, and it has a very distinctive feel in the body. And how do you move all the violence? that that body has been holding for however long and just kind of let it melt away or drip out or dissolve so that that body no longer has to feel defended, no longer has to feel like they've got to dissociate from anger or fear or, you know, whatever are the uncomfortable emotions. So just allowing, so it's like my field interacting with their field means that their disturbance is allowed to get to a place, a new place. It can move along. And maybe the client has awareness of what's going on. Oftentimes they don't. I mean, typically they'll say afterwards, oh, I feel a little lighter. Wow or I'm breathing better, or my headache, 
you know, maybe they told me, oh, they have migraines. My headache is gone. Hmm, how's that? Like, well, and and depending on what information they've shared with me or what our relationship is, I might say, can we talk about this other thing that I've discovered? And then we start talking about that. So, and and there's so many instances where the stories in our body, the stories in the field are hanging around and what are we doing with them? And are we letting them limit who we are or are we letting them move us along in the journey of our life? And and my preference is transforming us into the best possible version of ourselves. So, you know, that's always my hope for you, for all of us to be the healthiest version of ourselves, whatever that looks like, whether that means, you know, quitting a toxic job for a better job or leaving a marriage or adopting some foster children or moving into a new state, whatever that looks like, um, that's what I am encouraging, maybe not in words, just in the energy of it. So, yeah, and I've seen dramatic shifts in people, which makes me delighted that I can be a midwife to people coming into their empowerment and into their strength and into their healing. And, you know, there's a lot of us that need a lot of healing. And so, yay, let's let's get on with it. <laughs> so, absolutely. Uh, well, so what would you say or how would you advise or guide people who are diagnosed, say they are dealing with some sort of, um, let's just say, imbalance in the body? Because I really don't even like naming things these days, but... Let's just say an imbalance showing up, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's something, you know, like, you know, arthritis in their hand or whether it's plantar fasciitis in their foot or whether it's something, you know, more more serious, you know, type 2 diabetes or diagnosis of cancer or heart disease or, you know, there's a spectrum, right? So right, what is right. it which may prevent that would be a key piece for them to address or understand that needs attention for them to totally heal? For them to totally yeah. heal that that what the that, that that manifestation of of imbalance manifesting to their awareness in their body. Yeah, so you know what you said earlier is, you know, are we listening to the body and, and that our ailments have a message for us? So I would say after you, depending on what's going on with you, there's probably some fear, there's probably some anger, um, but certainly fear of like, oh, my God, what's going on with me? But also really focus on that part of the body, if it's a part, you know, maybe it's all over, but just become friends with it, which means listening and maybe even asking questions like, okay, headache, who are you? And and why are you here? And what would you like? 
Like, what would you like? And, you know, when I have my, my clients do this, they say, well, you know, suddenly the body perks up and says, I want you to lay on the floor. Okay. Lay on the floor. I want you to change the mattress. What? Okay. Um, this one woman who came to me, she was, um, she was in the midst of breast cancer. And so we spent a lot of time listening to her breast. I mean, um, and and the different ways, you know, we went through all different ways that we can just listen to that or listen to the cancer. And the realization that she had, because we talked about breasts as being nurturing, and she had two young children, and her realization was that, one, she, she you know, always wanted to be a mom. Mom was like the highest... Um, job one one could do and yet her own mother was not nurturing for her in her you know in her younger days and even in her current days and she was not willing to admit that because how could her own mom be neglecting her all these years and, and her mom even said some really mean things and did some mean things and some mean actions. And she started seeing it also in the way her mom was treating her grandchildren, so her, her children. And so she finally came to the realization about how to nurture herself. So, to, and to kind of come to have a reconciliation with truth and recognize that her mom was not the nurturing person she fantasized her to be and that there was actually a lot of hurt and so she had to confront that she was hurt she had to confront the fact that her mom was less than and you know and it's not about blaming mom because mom has her own story in her own journey. But what was most important is feeling a much more loving relationship with her own truth. And so once she got to that and recognized who her mom was, as well as feeling her own truth, I mean, she started making radical changes. So she had been... um, a business owner, and she decided she wanted to take up yoga. And then she decided she didn't want to live, and she was living here in Virginia where I live. And she said to her husband, she wants to go somewhere else. So they ended up moving to Costa Rica. And every now and then I get, I hear from her, and she says, still no cancer, not there, no remission, cancer-free, cancer-free. And she is in joy. She's in full joy of her life. So, you know, it, so it took a lot of courage to listen to what the ailment is about. And, and sometimes you have to go to a professional to help, uh, the ailment have its voice or to hear it. So, you know, there's all different ways to do that. But it's really beneficial to find out like, how do you need to course correct your life? What is it? Because we are 
in charge of our, we get choices. We can make decisions with our lives. We can choose to, we can choose blame or we can choose love. And, you know, I'm always choosing love and ease and peace and however I can get to that place. And whether it's by sitting in meditation or hiking or whatever, or dancing, which is one of my preferred activities. So what is it that, you know, is going to aid your body, nourish your spirit? What is that? How, what does it feel to be your best self? That's such a powerful example. It's a powerful story. It's a powerful metaphor on all those levels because basically what you are sharing with this woman's journey is that this she created a condition in her breast that really brought to her awareness without it, probably would never have come to that, to an energy that she was carrying, a feeling abandoned, feeling unloved, however she interpreted not being nurtured by by her mother, which, of course, on one level she created that experience, but on another level she still had the reaction. So, you know, so it's like it's like it's like a, a wound a wound that that we hold within us, but that we no longer have a conscious memory of this wound occurring, but yet it's stored as a memory. It's not resolved. Yeah. We still carry yeah. that pain and that wound. And it is festering. Is energetically festering. Energetically right. blocking the flow of energy. And often where that manifestation of the physical illness is, is a clue, right? It's a clue to what the message is of what's unresolved. You know, it's it's a clue because that body part actually is a a form of communication to the issue. Right, right. It's a vital clue. And and I don't want to say that, you know, we – I caused my own cancer, you know, I don't know if it's so linear that way, but the thing that I do want to emphasize is when there is an ailment, as um, unfortunate as it is, it's also an opportunity because there's a lot of information impacted in what's going on. So Mm -hmm. that's why it's so important. Yes, come friendly with it. Get to know it and find out what bits of wisdom and insights and polarity or pain, you know, what does it want to share with us? What does it want us to know? And typically it does mean that our energy has been blocked and that it's time to unblock it. And how do we do that? And what, and what area is this unblocking to take place? So in the story I just said, yeah, nurturing. Um, that self-love, and I mean, she was such a proud mother. She loved her daughters, um, and oh my God, to have that realization about her own mother. I mean, that that was very painful. That was very difficult. And what incredible courage that she showed, and and that just brought, I, I would say, a whole flood of new energy and healthy energy into her body. So that she got to a place where she could 
appreciate her life that much more. So yeah, listen to listen to the pains. I mean, listen to the joy too. I mean, it's not all about like um, you know misery. No, listen to what brings you joy. What brings you energy? What makes you feel most alive? You know, so and and you may be surprised. You know, maybe most alive isn't going to that party with forty people. Maybe what brings you most alive is sitting under a tree with a book and staying there for several hours. I mean, maybe that's what makes you feel most alive. So to really connect in with the intelligence of your own body, the intelligence of the energy that is our body and that is around our body. So there's an intelligence there, and it's up to us to kind of tap into it and find the ways to tap into it. Those are such important words of wisdom, I would think, you know, so we need to understand that um, this greater journey that we are all on, we're in a body, we're all on a journey here, (laughs) and in this body, in this third dimension experience, we're going to have experiences, and we're going to encounter situations, circumstances, whether it's with our body, whether it's relationships, whether it's, you know, environmental, there's, I mean, it's just the nature (laughs) that we exist in this dimension and and everything everything we encounter is an opportunity for healing and growth and expansion and, and that's really how i see it these days you know it's just like to learn from to to make us more aware it's not just to rush off to the doctor to get a medication to stop the pain which you know that's fine uh, there's nothing there's nothing wrong right or wrong about any of this stuff it's just choices we have to, um, you know, what is the greater purpose behind why we're even here? And I look at it so much as the soul's growth, right, and these experiences and the painful times. And I was just listening to a, a lecture by uh, this really awakened soul. You probably came across, uh, um, was it Pancha Desai, right? I think that's his name. What was, it? what was the name? Oh, I don't Pancha, know this person. Pancha Desai. Okay. Anyway, he's a really interesting. Um, he's a he's an awakened soul. So mm-hmm. you know that's his story. You know he has this awareness. But one of the things he said, he's a guru, he's a teacher. One of the things he said, it's like go, um, go towards the pain. Go go into the thing that you want to run away from. Because if you have the courage to go into the thing that you want to run away from you will find on the other side something, you know, a whole new a whole new possibility awaiting you. A whole I mean I I, I mean I, I can relate to that because when I was in the throes of getting divorced I was terrified. Right? I was absolutely terrified. I didn't think I you know, I had I had disconnected so much from myself. <laughs> I lost the fact right. that I had any worth and confidence and I was terrified having to jump off the cliff on my own. And it was. It was like causing stress and anxiety. It's like, oh my, you know, I just got lost. I would get lost in the circumstances we create. And um, so eventually I had to face it. I had to face it. Yes, I had to go off on my own. I had to leave everything else behind. I had to leave all my possessions behind. I just had, you know, and um, it's like facing my greatest fear at that time. And what happened when I, you know, like 
I guess metaphorically speaking, jumped off the cliff. You're either going to fall or you're going to fly, but you're, you're always going to fly in the end. A world opened up of possibilities and opportunities and financial abundance that I never even knew was possible, waiting for me on the yeah. other side. Yeah. And that's yeah, so, that so many times right? Yeah. So, you know, what I've discovered is that the fear is worse than the confrontation. So we, we build up all sorts of stories that are like, oh, gosh, no, I couldn't because of X, Y, and Z. And, you know, and we don't sleep, and we have panic attacks, and we lose weight, or or we gain weight. And we resist, we resist, resist. And, you know, been there as well. And then maybe circumstances as well, you know, you got to do something here. All right, so you take a step, and maybe take a baby step, or maybe take a leap. And like, oh, huh, actually, I, I'm still... I'm still here. I'm doing okay. And, oh, my gosh, what's that over there? That's really interesting over there. And that we start, I mean, we really grow. It's an opportunity for growth, and we do. And we are, in many ways, forced to grow. And it's a great experience. I mean, maybe we don't want what precipitated the growth experience to happen again or happen to anyone that we love. But if we get to the other side, and most of us do. And we're like, oh, gosh, I'm so grateful for what happened because look at where I am. Look at this. Look at what I'm capable of. Look at who I've met. Look at what I know. Look at what I'm doing. Look at who I love and who is loving me. So, um, I mean, my journey, one of my journeys was I left the U.S., for Korea by myself. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and, and so, I mean, those very things happened to me because I was in great fear and then I get there and bam, all sorts of new worlds open up, including learning tango. I learned tango in Korea, in Korean, <laughs> <laughs> which meant like, um, I didn't listen to the words, I had to just watch. But, um, it introduced me to a whole dance, and, and then I also got to meet up with a Korean shaman and all sorts of things that, you know, when I was 10 or 20, I had not planned. Like, okay, and then when I get to X age, I'm going to take up tango, and then I'm going to work with a Korean shaman. Like, no, I didn't even know these <laughs> things existed. Or even getting involved in healing work. I didn't know these things existed. So, yeah, there's great opportunities. So, yes, I would agree. Go toward the pain, go toward the fear, because on the other side, there's gems awaiting us. As long as you stay um, truthful and in touch with your body. And, you know, you don't have to do anything that's going to be, you don't have to worsen the pain. You can go as slow as you want. You know, you can make it go easily, um, but you do have to be truthful with yourself. You have to confide in yourself. And the interesting thing about the word confide, that when you confide enough, that turns into confidence. 
and you have confidence in who you are. And most of us kind of don't know who we are because we keep keep a lot of those things secret and we don't listen. But just by listening, start really learning who we are and growing in who we are and finding out that you know what? Sometimes you're pretty fabulous. <laughs> and and uh, one of the blessings we have at this time of our existence on the planet is well, we have more resources, more you know, more techniques, more meditation practices. We have more books. We have more podcasts. We have more webinars. We have more access to knowledge and information and teaching wisdom and tools than we've ever had access to before. Well, and you don't even have to pay. I mean, you don't have to take, you know, a penny out of your pocket. You can just listen to podcasts like this. <laughs> or you can, right. you know, uh, or, or, you know, get involved in online groups. So the point is that the avenues are more available for this journey of healing and transformation and, and deep understanding of self and, and meditation skills and tools are all there, available freely, to be honest. And, um, it's, you know, it's, it's like an abundance if people are willing to uh, have that openness, that curiosity to, to take a, a step out of the known into the unknown. Um, there's just so many gifts waiting for people on this healing journey that we are all on. I so agree. I so agree. There, there, in fact, it, it's almost too many. It's like, oh, well, I, I decided I'm going to do yoga. Okay. And then you find out there's 30 different kinds of yoga. It's like, oh, well, which one? <laughs> which one's good for me? Oh, my gosh. You know? And then some of us get stuck, like, I, I didn't know if I should be doing the Iyengar one or the goat yoga or the elephant yoga or the yin yoga, the flow yoga. Wh- which yoga do I do? <laughs> yeah. And I say, yeah. well, try, yeah. try one. Just try one. Go for it. Just do, yeah. just do something. It'll lead, to, it'll lead you to something else or, or to stay where you right. are. You know? Exactly. Just, just do. Just start. Just, just start. Yeah. Make baby steps. Just take a baby step. Take a step, and you're you're on your journey, and you're finding out, and you're growing yourself, and you're cultivating, yes, and you're doing work that's not only for yourself, but it's work that benefits your family and benefits your friends, and ultimately also benefits the planet. So we owe it to everybody to be doing this journey being on their journey and really connecting yeah. into our truth. Well, so much we could talk about because we hardly even tapped the world of possibilities that do exist in <laughs> Cheryl, but yeah. we have come to the end of the show. <laughs> so, but, yeah. um, but, you know, people can learn more by going to your website. So, um, so I'll mention that. So people can go to Cheryl's website, which is her name, which is Cheryl, and that's C-H-E-R-Y-L, Talant, P-A-L-L-A-N-T. So it's her name, Cheryl Talant.com. What do you, um, what other 
um, services. Um, you know, I know people can get your book, the new book, Ecosomatics, Embodiment Practices for a World in Search of Healing. Do you do private sessions? So tell us more of what you offer yeah. people as well the minute we have left. So, you know, um, I do in-person sessions, but I do distance sessions, um, both with energy healing. And then I also do coaching work, and I do it individually. And I also, you know, invite me, make it possible for me to travel. I like traveling, and I do workshops. So there, there are many opportunities to work with me. And um, I just finished something um, at a farm, not a little about an hour from here. But I think I might be heading to Santa Monica, California next. So... Um, yeah, reach out and ask me. If you're interested, just ask me. Um, yeah, I'd love to work with you and love to work with people who are generally looking to grow their being and be on their journey. Well, thank you. Thanks for this delightful conversation and the um, wisdom you've shared with us today, Cheryl, and all the wonderful work you're doing. Such a wonderful creative soul that you are being <laughs> great. Oh, thank great you. Thank you, and I, I want to be able to say that. Thank you, Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever we say thank you, I mean, here's literally, I'm thanking you and thanking me, but we're, we're in the thankfulness <laughs> right. or the gratitude yeah. field. <laughs> yes, it's so, good. It's great. Get to thank, have many thanks shows. for having me on your show. Yes. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, to everyone listening, thank you again for joining me on The Love Code. Um, stay tuned, keep listening, share it with others. Uh, be sure you get the archive shows, and uh, again, check out what my wonderful guest, Dr. Cheryl Plant, has been sharing with us today on her website, CherylPlant.com, and her book, Ecosomatics, Embodiment Practices for World in Search of Healing. Until next week, may your week be filled with love, peace, and harmony. Bye for now.